So here is the word of the Lord. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. You and all these people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I have sworn to their forefathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here's the word of the Lord. Amen. Now, you may please take your seats. We decided to jump into a new series um, uh, called Highs and Lows. Because as far as you in this world, you shall have trouble. But Jesus says, be of good cheer because I've what? Overcome the world. So, the question tends to be, how do we navigate through the highs and lows? A lot of you, you're in a season where uh, there are things that are working and there are things that are really complicated. (laughs) And you're like, okay, how do I navigate? How do I trust God? How do I see God in a season? For some of us, we're in a season where everything looks like it's breaking and it's broken and we're like, God, where are you? Then you look at your friends and all your friends, it seems like everything is what? Is working. How do you navigate in life? How do you still hold on to Jesus in seasons where it seems like things are not working, in places where it seems like other people's lives are working? How do you navigate through that? So all we're talking about is in this world, you really have trouble. In this world, you have moments where life is hard. But be of good cheer. Jesus has overcome the world. That's why he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't let this world trouble you. I have overcome it. <laughs> I love when Jesus is given the, uh, the great commission to his disciples, the words he says. Uh, before he just says, go, do this. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to who? to me. That's the God we have. That's the God who is navigating in our lives with. He, he's the one who is leading. He's the one who is helping us. And, and sometimes the struggle and the trouble is to want to surrender to God things that we feel safe about surrendering to God and holding on to the rest. And the series all we are saying is like in this world, it might be hard because your life will have transitions. Your life have moments you you continuously you continuously move from primary school and have to navigate what secondary school looks like and even college and what working looks like what being in relationships look like what being away from your family looks like what losing friends losing a job losing money losing a business opportunity what all these other things look like how do you navigate in your life when you're in another kind of place and what we're gonna see this morning is that God keeps his word. God keeps his promises. Trust in him. Don't lean on your own understanding. In every way, not in some ways that are safe, that are easy, that are comfortable. In every way, trust in the Lord. Don't trust in your own ways. Don't trust in your own connections. Don't trust in your own comfortable seasons. Trust in the Lord. Now, the good part about the passage that we're about to, uh, we just read this morning, 
is it starts uh, with a season of transition. And every time you're in transitions, you have decisions you have to make. And a lot of us, we are seated in spaces where we're not sure what to do, how to navigate through life, and, and how to even trust God when we are supposed to make decisions that we are not sure if we are comfortable with the implications. Hello? I don't know if you, you've been there, where you're like, okay, I really, really think this is the time I need to make this decision, but it's going to be, be painful. It's going to be complicated. I, I, I'm not sure if this is exactly what I want. Now, if we uh, read this passage, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, and, and, and just a little few things about Joshua. Can we go to uh, explaining his background a little bit? This guy was here. The Bible says he was, he was Moses' assistant. Uh, when you read back a little bit in Exodus, this guy is the one that led the battle against the Amalekites. And so he went with Moses to Mount Sinai. You know that great moment of the Lord doing all these other things? And, and in Numbers, we see that he was with Moses most of his life. And, and my favorite part was how God changed his name. And, and, and one of the beauty of this passage, uh, or not just this passage, this book, we're going to see, and I want to be careful with that, we're going to see that Joshua is a type of Christ. He's like a representative of what Christ is going to do. He's, he's a representative. So Jesus... Yahweh says, the Lord is our salvation, was the name that Moses gave to Joshua. He moved it from Hosea, meaning salvation, to Joshua, Yahweh says, which also in other ways is a name, Jesus. So, so there are a lot of things that we're going to see about this man and the numbers. He's a, he's a famous story of Joshua and Caleb who went to spy with other guys. And when they came back, they brought a report of God is going to do it. We love the land that we have spied. And the rest of their team, they were like, nope. Those guys are giants. Those guys are, we cannot handle them. And, and you see in Numbers 27 that he, his commission to serve with Moses and his commission to replace Moses in Deuteronomy 23, and he's filled with the Spirit. And, and just thinking about that, you see that this guy went through a season of preparation before he was handed to do this work. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, says assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. <laughs> he went through a season of preparation. Like a lot of us are either in or have been. Because sometimes we have no idea the things we are going through still have a purpose before the kingdom. You know, the world loves comfort. I do. <laughs> so every time I'm in a very uncomfortable place, I want Jesus to just rapture me or something. Just take me, God, just take me somewhere. I don't know. Jesus, just take me somewhere just uproot me but we forget that the moment you gave your life to christ not only your story but your life belongs to jesus your story meaning the things you have been through are now useful in the master's hand the things you are going through right now you know those complicated things those things that you feel like they're causing doubt causing fear no 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 no, no. the lord knows and sees you in that season and the lord is working because the reason why I'm even sitting here is simply because I have been in season where I look forward to the next season that I don't live fully in this presence. That the present is a little bit complicated. I'm a little bit broke. The relationships are complicated. I don't know what to do. So I'm like, God, I just can't wait when you take me out. When you move me there. When I have that when I'm no longer single, when I have the job, or when I can give a little bit more, or when I can, when I can. And, and you know in that process what ends up happening is the present 
does not carry the weight it deserves. So what ends up happening in our hearts and in our lives in the present, we sit on blame. We blame people. We blame situations. We kind of blame God. Instead of taking responsibility in the areas we need to step up, in the things we need to give up, in the, in the conversations that God, is ha- that God is having with us that we need to surrender. So this man, Joshua, you see from the beginning that he had moments and seasons where the Lord had prepared his life. The Lord had been doing things in his life. So when the Lord in Joshua 1 says, my servant is dead, that season is gone. That season of and you know how back in the day everything was so cheap and nice? It's gone. <laughs> you know how bread was like 15 tambala? Do you, do you not know you don't, some of you were not born? Like what's even 15 tambala? Yeah. That, uh, we used to buy stuff in tambalas back in the day. That, look, do you remember how when our church was amazing and had lights and that? Do you remember the past leaders and what they were able to do? Do you remember? Do you remember that God moves all that and said, my, my servant is dead. Yeah? Now I want you to go. So in here we see the book of Joshua begins with God's commissioning of Israel's new leader. And the way he does that is God describes the mission that Joshua was going to have, which was to go in and possess the land. Can we go to the next slide, please? Amen. Next slide. Yep. God described to Joshua the mission. Go! Possess the land. Then God hints Joshua's success of three key factors. And we're going to be explaining this. And remember, these notes are always available for you, and we have the audio as well. God's own presence was one of the things God made clear from the beginning. I will be with you. No matter what this life will bring to you, I will be with you. No matter the challenge, remember that I will be with you. We see that in verse 5. In Joshua's personal strength and courage, we see that in verse 7 and 9 where God is affirming this man. Where God is saying, no, 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 haven't, haven't I told you? Haven't I told you? And then and, and the third thing we see is Joshua's attention to an application of God's word and God was just clear that my present is with you and you have been made more according to God's word and then sit in the word put all your attention to my word and how to apply it this is not a 15 steps to success God is like no 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 look at me my word apply it this is my word, apply it. And in that we see that God, as we're starting this conversation, we see that God guarantees his presence as we navigate through life and follow him. And he will keep his word. Now I have to make a confession with my, before you. God guarantees his presence as we navigate through life and follow him keep his word. Where does his word put prominence? And you know what my struggle was? And this is me confessing before you. Amen? Because I've sat down with some of us that felt like God does not keep his promises. Because the God we know is supposed to say yes. So my struggle was like, hey, how do I say this in the most kind and most loving, but also being true to what God says in his word? Is that God will keep his word. He guarantees to be with you, not to make you avoid hard spaces. And sometimes the God we create in our minds is a God that just helps us avoid things, helps us avoid situations. So in moments of pain, the God we have doesn't make sense. Maybe it's because the God we have is not the God that's about to tell this guy to cross over the Jordan and to go and conquer a new land. Because that's, that's bloody. 
That is not an easy thing. And, and the conversation he's having with God is right after, <laughs> like his mentor, his, his leader, the one he was following, the one he was serving, has gone. And God is like, yeah, it's your turn. I, I have no idea the doubt and the fear this man was carrying after watching Moses for close to 40, for close to 38 years, Moses making different decisions and is like, man, the Israelites are a tough crowd. I'm not sure if I'm cut out for that. As for me, I'm like, hey, man, just give me a church with 20 people and we're going to be fine. Just like, listen to this, we're fine. No one is worried. We know where our money is going. We know the programs. Everyone can feed in my sitting room. This is perfect. Hello. And God guarantees his presence as we navigate through life. He even said it at the beginning. I'll be with you to the very end of time. So that's when he was giving us a great commission to run with what this church is about, to preach the good news, to preach the gospel of Jesus. The good news is news. It's not something we are creating. It's something that we are reporting, that Jesus came and died for you. Receive him and respond to him. So we see that God guarantees his presence. But the other thing I feel like personally, this is my own struggle over time, is I've done God a favor before. And I said, God, you created me in your image. I'm going to create you in my own image. Now, in my own image, I love control. Hey, come on. Your pastor's confessing right now. Come on. I love to, to hold things together. So when I feel like God is leading me in places of surrender and I'm going to lose control, I lose it. Therefore, God looks like he's not answering my prayers. Therefore, maybe God is not really real. Maybe God is not really caring. Maybe God is not really enough for me. So let me just give him the stuff that I'm sure might get me to heaven and the rest of my business, I'll handle it. I said the prayer, right? And you're like, you open in the Bible and you're reading, you're like, okay, who else said the prayer? Who else? And you're like, God, I have my problems, deal with them. And instead of God just showing up and saying like, yeah, hey, I'm going to remove that, I'm going to remove that, he says, I'm going to give you my spirit, who's, my, who's your comforter. He's going to comfort you through hard times. I actually, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to be with you through that. And David says it this way, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because you are with me. So when in doubt, when in fear, when in complications, when in struggles, when in brokenness, go to God's promises that are clear in his word. Now, this is an introduction. That's why it sounds like we are just bah, everywhere. That's why I didn't want to do the 6 to 9 today. Because when you <laughs> go to scripture and, and find Jesus teaching people how to pray, Jesus does something amazing. He says, our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be your kingdom come sometimes my kingdom sometimes what is safe and comfortable sometimes what I enjoy sometimes what no 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 he doesn't say your kingdom come your will trumps mine your will better than mine your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and the struggle in life is we try to find and create a God that we can manipulate through our prayers so that he can get our prayers right. So we have formulas for prayer. We have formulas for things to do. You tithe well. You, you, you pray a certain way. You pray a certain time. You fast. You do all these other things. So we come before God thinking that once we just show God that trick, it's going to work the way the ATM, when you punch in the actual numbers and you have the right amount, is going to give you. So we treat God that way and then we come to God we're just like God. I've had everything right. So let my will be done for a moment. <laughs> let it be done. Because I got this right. <laughs> this is, look, look at me. Aren't I making you happy? I'm serving, I'm doing all the things I need to do. Look at me. But here you see, God 
allowing this man to know that my presence, my presence is beyond money. My presence is beyond you having things. My presence is beyond you feeling a certain way. My presence guarantees more than what you can fabricate when you had everything in your hands. So trust in me. Trust in my promises. Trust in what I want to do in you. Now when we are talking about transition, a lot of us we are sitting in areas of transition and we we are carrying a sense of anticipation. Can you go to the next slide? That we we anticipating that something is going to happen. Or something will not happen. Nothing will change. Some of us we carrying an excitement because that's what transitions do. They can be excited. You can, you can be excited to have a new job. You can be excited to move to a new city. You can be excited, you can be excited, you can be excited. But at the same time, it can also be painful. And that's why we have no idea what to do. Especially when the pain is because we have lost something. We have lost the old status. We have lost that treasured relationship that God forgive me that we turned into an idol. Hello. Like the ultimate thing. That thing replaced Jesus. So we can go through a painful time. But transitions also can be exhausting. I don't know about you. They can be just exhausting. You're like, man, this is taking long. I'm required to do so many things. I'm I'm trying to figure out how to settle down, how to take care of my family, how to move to another city. And especially when, again, you have lost someone important in your life. You have lost a father, a son. You have lost a mother. You have lost someone. Or, or you've made a big transition and you've moved to another city and to another country. And I love this church that we have so many people that have moved and they're calling Malawi home, but they're from a lot of countries. And I know you really understand this well. Like you move to a city, Nothing is really working. And then it looks like all Malawians are happy. And you're like, oh my God, what's going on? What's wrong with me? Come on. But you know, the thing I've learned about us as Malawians, we, I said we're resilient people. So that's a good thing. Uh, but we've turned our resilience to settling for less in other areas. So even in places where we need to demand for change, we're like, oh, that's how things are. Like immigration, oh, that's how things are. Road traffic, yeah, that's how things are. Like all these other places. So, so you move into a new city, you're trying to navigate all these other things, and you're like, man, this is exhausting. All I needed was to go pay. Basi. But they're like, you, you need to go into that office, you need to get that stamp, and the person that has a stamp doesn't come that day, and then, <laughs> but if you give him some cash, they'll figure out and they'll give you, like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? And sometimes we can hold heavy expectations when we're in transition. And sometimes transitions can simply be about grieving can be about grieving. And I don't know about you, I think as a Malayan man, which might relate to a lot of other men in this world, I was told that men don't cry. Huh? Like, yeah, dude, you're a dude. Why, why are you crying? What's that about? So men don't cry. But what I didn't notice was over time, I was allowed culturally to not grieve. So you avoid grieving from when you are three, then you're six, then you're nine, and you just look tough, not knowing you are toxic. You're not tough. You're just a toxic human being. Then you keep going, and you're 14, then you're 17, then you're about to get married, and your wife is like, why do you just snap? Where does that come from? The things you are not allowed to process. Because as a young man, you're supposed to be tough. 
You're supposed to be in charge. You're supposed to just power through things. And a lot of us have lost not just people, things that were so dear to us. That we're just like, come on, man, it's just that. But for you to get that thing, you swayed it and it, it carried so much meaning. Some of you have lost relatives. You have lost all those other things. I've shared this before. But the guy I looked up to in my life was this dude called Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil was the coolest guy. That's the one I wanted to be like in my entire life. And one day, uh, he leaves our house and he goes to see our granddad. And he tells our granddad has a headache. And our granddad says, I'm going to go and get you some meds. Yeah? My granddad goes out and he walks in. He took his shoelaces and killed himself. And I'm like, dude, this was the coolest man. This is a guy that had everything together. His future was bright. But because I was trying to be cool like him, I didn't see a reason of why I should grieve. But I'm just going to say this. A lot of us, we are stuck in places because we did not grieve certain things and certain people. And up until we let Jesus heal us there, that will be the lens we use to see who God is and see his presence and see his promises. And the reason why some of us, we're still stuck is because the laces of pain that we suppressed 10 years ago are how we are looking at the world, are how we are seeing things, are how we are interpreting who God is and how he keeps his promises. So when it comes to trusting God for what he's calling you, all you're seeing is what? He didn't show up. When I needed God, God did not what? Show up. When I expected God to do something, he did not. He did not. So as we're going with this conversation, I want you to start thinking about what are the things you need to surrender to God. Because when you get to this passage, you see in verse 2, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. And now we see that God's invitation in transitions is for us to rise and go. That in most of our transition, God doesn't want us to sit in our pain. God doesn't want us to just sit in our confusion. God doesn't want us to just sit in the things that are eating us up. God wants us to rise in those moments. And how does that look like? God wants us to recognize the steps we need to take. In rising, God is asking us what are the steps you need to take because I've made it clear in my word. Because my sheep hears my voice. God wants you to recognize your need for him. Your need for his help. Your need for his word. Your need for his guidance. Your need. God wants you to recognize that because that's how we rise. We, we're in transition. We don't know what to do, where to go. How do you do it? I rise by recognizing my need. God, I need you. I need your help. I cannot. You can. That's how rising is. Because sometimes in this world, our rising is like, stand up, get everything together, and go. No, no, no. God is like, watch what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my promises. I'm going to explain what that looks like. So, so rise. Go over this Jordan. Go. Go over that barrier. We rise above barriers by going, by standing, by trusting in the Lord, by recognizing where we need Him. Then this is going to be a little bit hard for some of us. Not only do we recognize our need for God and our need to take certain steps, but we have to receive the challenge before us. You are in a challenging season. Don't ignore it. It's a challenge. Raising kids is a, is a complicated business. Being jobless is super complicated. Moving to a new city is definitely complicated. Doing all these other things is super, super complicated. Look at that as a challenge that God is inviting you to step into because he has provided all that you need. 
to go through that challenge. So receive the challenge. Don't ignore it. Don't avoid it. Because as, if you're like me, you love to avoid stuff. You do all your best to avoid things. You, you avoid them, but receive it as a challenge. Say, God, this is a challenge. So I need you. That's why the first point was so important that you recognize that you need God. You need his help. And a lot of us, we're in spaces where we need to say that. This is challenging. God, I need you. This is a season that's hard. God, I need you. I don't know what we're doing. God, we need you. Receive the challenge. And my favorite part, be sure, be clear on what you will not compromise. Because the thing with transitions, the things with decisions that have implications in our lives is you can be going to road traffic and the easiest thing is to just pay someone to get your payment. Hello? And that's the easiest thing. Like to compromise when you are in pain when <laughs> is the easiest thing. Because sometimes you just want the pain to go, yeah? So if it's more sex, what you gonna do? You're gonna sit in that. If it's more drugs, what you gonna do? going to sit in that. It's, if it's just binging movies and spending time, all your time and every other time or just doing that, what you going to do? You're going to do that. If you're in a transition right now, don't compromise, please. God is with you. And Romans says, he's working together all things. Not some things that you feel are perfect. He's working together all things. The embarrassing things, God is working together. The dreadful things, God is working together. The confusing things, God is working together. And, and, and I'm going to push it. The doubtful moments, God is working together. Just sit and trust God to help you in that doubt to be moved to faith. Amen? Because His promises are true. His word is true. So be clear in what you won't compromise. And the second thing is rely. Rely on God. Surrender to God. You know, the thing we do with our anxieties, we bring them before God. Say, God, I've casted my anxieties to you. Yeah? Did you see them? Yeah, those are my anxieties and I'm still carrying them. So we say, we're trusting you. You are good. You are working. These are my anxieties, but let me take them back with me. And we just sit there and they eat us up. 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 And at the end of the day, we're like, God, what? What's going on? What is happening? It's like, no, you keep bringing your anxieties to Jesus. You take them back. So I want you to be asking yourself, what are the things that are your anxieties right now? That you have prayed to God, but you're the one fixing it. That you have surrendered to God, but you're finding your own ways. And the right of man seems right, but God's way is the best. What are the things that are your anxieties? Now, the thing with anxieties, they keep us up at night, right? They influence our decisions even when we don't want. So it feels like it's actually careless in our hearts to just take them to Jesus and surrender them to Jesus. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to help you because you gave me salvation for free. At least I should work out my salvation with you and, and trouble it. So I'm going to fix that. And Jesus is like, no. Surrender and not take it. Because when we surrender, we have the ability to receive from God. When we surrender our junk, we have the ability to receive the grace to say no to sin. When we surrender to God, we have the ability to even see the places we have blind spots. When we surrender to God, kind of our hands are a little bit more empty for us to receive the help God wants us to have. 
So this surrendering business and trusting in God's promises is something that we should strive for because our brains want to trust in the things we can hold with our hands because we cannot see God, right? So we're like, at least I'll try to hold the things I can. So rely on God's promises and rely, trust God's will. God's will. What's God's will for you? God's will for you is to know God, to glorify God, and enjoy Him forever. And I love when we are asking, what's my purpose, what's all these other things? And, and I love what Colossians says. You were made by God. You are made by Jesus. For who? For Jesus. That's, that's it. You are meant to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But a lot of us say, we're not sure if even enjoying is safe. You know what I mean? Like, uh, life is hard. Life is tough. I don't know if I can enjoy God. So, so when it comes to God's will, we... <laughs> We find it hard to trust God the Father because our fathers have let us down. Hello. So your father has let you down and you just transfer that to God. I'm not sure if a God I cannot see will take me through this. But for us to navigate with God's presence and God's presence, well, we have to rely on God. We have to rise, but we also have to rely on God. We have to rely on His promises. We have to rely on His will, but also we have to rely on His voice. And that's, this is important because the Bible says, my sheep hears my voice. This is where I say, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Because in there, God has spoken his truth. And his word will not return back to him void. It will accomplish what God has sent it forth to do. Every other thing will fade, but his word will remain forever. Read that. Spend time in that. So that you can hear what God wants you to do. You can learn and understand how to navigate through life. You can trust and build your life on his word. Because above all things, he's exalted his word. And his name, God has done that. So build your life on his word. Not on some book of your favorite guy. Build your life on his word, on his truth, on Jesus Christ. Build your life there. Because in this world, you have options to build your life in other things. That's it. And a lot of us, we're in that season. Where when it's hard, our attention is going to something that can help fix that. And that something is not even God's word. It's a way. It's a prophet. Hello. It's a certain man of God. It's a pastor at flood. It's this other person. It's all this. And, and we're completely missing and we're being deceived. We're being deceived. Go to God's word so that you hear God's voice because this sheep hears his voice. And this is, this is important. The Holy Spirit will help you. He'll be your helper. He'll help you discern. He'll help you discern through the counsel of God's word. He'll help you discern. He'll help you to take steps. He'll help you speak. He'll help you to do what God wants you to do. Even when that might seem hard and complicated, the Lord will be with you. That's why I'm saying read the word. Sit in the word. Trust the Lord. Trust his word. And in the moments where we don't have faith, I love Hebrews. Because the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, right? And a lot of us will like, God, increase my faith. God, increase my faith. I'm praying, God, increase my faith. And God is like, <laughs> your faith will be increased when you see who I am in the Word. Not when you come to the Word with your own ideas to make the Word fit what you want. But when you fully, humbly come to the Word and let Scripture interpret itself. And let Scripture teach you and let scripture tell you how to do life and let scripture lead you and that that is huge that is a blessing 
God's voice. Rely on it. And then respect God's commands. Respect God's commands. You know, now, nowadays, talking about God's commands is not, is not sexy now for this generation. Hello? But as we're going to see next week, the Bible says, do not let this word, this book of the Lord, depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night and you will succeed and you lead a healthy life because sometimes we look at those commands and those instructions and we're like man God just doesn't want us to have fun no God is saving you from broken hearts because when he told you to not have adultery and you did what happened to your heart when he said do not murder and something like that happened what happened to your heart and Jesus even turned it up and said if you hate your brother you've committed what like oh man Jesus come on just keep it at the old school this is we said this is way too hard but oh Jesus is saying like uh, I came to fulfill the law so that the righteousness that I carry from fulfilling the law is imputed on you is given to you so that you can enjoy the freedom I give to those that have come to me so, in other words, what we are saying on God's commands is, when you said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came into your heart right away. Actually, I believe with everything in me that you did not come to Christ because you said a prayer. You came to Christ because the Spirit was working in your heart before you even said the prayer. Because your conviction happened because the Holy Spirit is the one that convicted you. So you came to Christ because the Holy Spirit started working in you. So, so the moment you came to him, the Lord baptized you with his spirit. The Lord gave you his spirit and he wants you to be filled with his spirit. He wants you to walk in the spirit because, not God's commands just, because when the Holy Spirit is working in you, you bear fruits of the spirit. Which is what? Love, patience, kindness, and all these amazing things like whoa yeah so the lord just moved us from just commands commands to now you're gonna bear fruit you're gonna bear fruit and fruit that last not just something that is temporary you're gonna bear fruit that completely last so we rise and then we rely on god and then we refocus why because in transitions, you have way too many distractions. And, and I love Joshua because Joshua is like the go-to pastoral leadership book. You know what I mean? So it's the stuff like when we want to teach leadership as pastors, we're like, yeah, man, go to Joshua, man. That's like the amazing book. But the thing you notice in God just even saying, Moses is gone. God is just like, I want you to refocus now. That season is what? Is gone. That past season is now what? Gone. If you live in the past, the past will decide your future. If you live in the moment, you see what God is inviting you to and the doors God has opened. And for a lot of us, the reason why we can't see a way to go is because we are still in the past. When God is like, no, the present, I'm here now. My presence is with you. My promises are true. Great is God's faithfulness. His compassion never fails. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Like, I'm here. I am with you. So refocus. Because if you just focus on the pain, the frustration, the, the season of emptiness, if you focus on that season, you can get stuck in that. So refocus and see the opportunities God has completely opened for you so that you can step into the new season with courage, which we're going to see next week. And you're going to see that we do that with strength because we have refocused because we have been to a place of recognizing grieving and saying this is a hard season this are all those things but god what do you need me to do when we start asking those questions that's our minds and our hearts refocusing to see and hear god's voice to see god's invitation and to see where he is calling us to and that is crucial that is important because that past season is gone grieve so that you receive healing so that you celebrate
the past. You celebrate the people you have lost. You celebrate that season. So, so let that go. Refocus so you can move forward, so you can do what God is inviting you to. So I added that again. That as we are refocusing, God's voice, God's command, God's word are important. We have to clear away distractions. And some of us, our distractions right now are in fear. We're so afraid we can't do anything. To the point that even when God says, perfect love, my love, casts away fear, you're like, that's good, but that's not for me. Because somehow, fear allows us to feel like we have some control and worry over things. So we get stuck there. But as, as well, fear <laughs> is a release that's very unsafe for a lot of us. But the moment that we have fear, we feel like we have something that we are holding to. Fear. For some of us, it's sin. Because we hit rock bottom, we hit a season that has been painful, we decided to give up on God and give up on ourselves. And we super settled for less. And we just get started getting involved in sin. Sin. So to cover up that sin, we lie and we keep sinning. We lie that we are good and everything is going great and we're still in that scene and, and for some of us it's just I don't know, we're disrespectful we're a little bit bitter and we're a little bit angry, we're a little bit untrustworthy, we're a little bit all oh, these other things and all oh, these other things and all oh, these other things and God is like come on refocus and this is why I'm going to also invite you to as you're refocusing is to find people of peace Find people of peace. When God called Joshua, he called him to lead people. He called him to do life with other people. And for some of us, we are so just on our own that when life hits us so hard, we feel like life is empty and it's worthless and there's no one that truly cares. Because you haven't allowed other people in. Allow other people that love Jesus and that are loving you to do life with you so that you can sharpen iron with iron, so that you can trust in the Lord together, so they can pray for you, they can trust the Lord for you. Find people of peace. What are the people in your life right now that God has blessed you with that you can invite into your life? What are those people? Invite them. What are the people that you look at and you admire their faith? And God is like, you have an opportunity to do with other, your life with other people. And here at Flood, we believe in doing life together in small groups. So we have a bunch of small groups. We call them life groups because it's about doing life together. We study the Bible, we pray together, and we show up in each other's lives. I would want you, if you are not in a group, to consider one. And, and if you are married, we have a marriage group as well. Where married people just navigate... Marriage can be hard. Two complicated people, you put them together for a lifetime. Hmm. It's not the easiest thing, but the grace of the Lord is there. So when you have other people that are submitting their lives to Jesus and they're loving God and they're doing life with you, when they come along with you, this alone job changes. You not only see God's presence in other people, you see his kindness through other people. And in refocusing, I want you to remember the past, but to not let it define you. Some of you are defining yourselves with your past. You're defining yourself with what happened to you, with who happened to you. Come on, with who happened to you, with who happened to you. Don't define yourself with that. Because in Christ, you're a new creation. So the Bible says, just... As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. So refocus because I am with you. The I am is with you. I am with you. So where are you afraid because you're not sure God is with you? Where are you fumbling the ball? Because you're not sure God will keep his word. 
what are you focused on? What do you have control over? What do you have control over? That you need to give to Jesus. I'm going to pray. Then I'm going to ask you to do what we did earlier on. Pray together. And I want you, if you're here with your spouse or someone you trust, or the Lord maybe is inviting you to trust someone, I want you to be real with them and invite them where you need to rise, where you need to rely on God, or where you need to refocus. Just invite them. So this is where I need to rise, God. This is where I need to really rely on God. And here is where I need to just pray. So I'm going to pray for us, then I'm going to ask you to get in those groups, and we're going to pray for five minutes, and after that five minutes, we're going to share in communion. And communion is important to us, because it's a sacrament that our Lord Jesus gave us to remember the implications of our trust, the implications of the work he has done on the cross for us, to move us from dead people to people that are alive to move us from broken people to people that are healed, to move us from people that are complicated to people that are new in Christ. And if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I want you to break that bread and take that cup in remembrance of what Jesus has done for you. Because he did that to say, I am with you to the very end. So whatever complications you have now, I want you to know that that is what is true. For you. So I'm going to pray, then we're going to have you guys in groups for five minutes and just pray together, and then we're going to share in communion. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for your time, and thank you for this time and what you're doing. I pray, may we surrender to you. May we trust in you. May we see you for who you are, for the glory of your name. Amen.